roast and joking too. Sipping and roasting is what we do. Light them up, drink them down. Whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. That sounds like a party, my Welcome, friends. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, uh, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 299. That's pretty crazy. That's halfway to 333 now. <laughs> it really is. We're we're just getting so close. We're getting so close. 299 so. shows. Nothing awesome. special planned for our 300th show. We're waiting till 333 to, like... Let all help um, break. You know that that well, well you let out earlier was was pretty fantastic. It cool. makes me think of you know, remember when you were young and you'd go to parties and everyone always had that like that one friend that just like was always so loud. Yes, I didn't have that friend. <laughs> that means you were oh. that friend. <laughs> <laughs> that means you were that friend. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's enlightening. Yeah. Mom so. said there was a weirdo on a bus too. I never yeah. found. <laughs> that, that happens. <laughs> that happens as well. Uh, well, welcome to our show. Uh, I'm just, we're just calling today's show a mega beer episode. A mega beer. And the reason for that is because we are joined uh, once again, returning to the show. Uh, Ian's good friend Adam Purple and a member of the. Um, Connoisseurs, Connoisseurs Club, Club of Smoking and Drinking. That's right. Uh, which He's got Ian, his no no beer left behind shirt on. Which Ian is, is also awesome. a charter member of. So yeah, so, uh, so uh, it's uh, nice to have and, you here. And, and vice president of at the moment. Yeah, people have asked and board me, member over here. So, oh, okay. Right? People have asked me before. Do you have to have any qualifications to be a guest on the show? And my answer is always the same. It's like absolutely not. You just have to bring beer or spirits or cigars. I mean. I don't have any qualifications, and you let me on the show. How, how could we? How could we ask that of anybody? But you do, from time to time, bring beer or spirits or That's, cigars. This is true. This so is true. to see how it works. Uh, but anyway, we uh, love having Adam on because he does, in fact, always bring uh, always interesting. Sometimes the beers that you can't get anywhere else, That's except right. for where he's been. Yeah, exactly. And uh, today he's brought beers, and we're going to be doing a couple of different verticals. Uh, so tell us a little bit, uh, Adam, about what we'll be trying in the vertical uh, uh, comparisons today. Well, first up, we're going to do. And go ahead and lean into the mic. An old go. favorite, KBS. A KBS, Kentucky. Kentucky Breakfast Out. Yeah, I is, remember what the B was. This is from Founders. Founders, Founders yes. Brewing. Yep, and they are obviously. Uh, not only a well-known and very well-respected brewery, but there was. So we were talking about this just before the show. There was uh, there's a bit of excitement when this uh, when this KBS series yeah, first first landed. First yeah. landed, and yeah. uh, so it's become an annual thing. And so we'll be trying. Do you know what years we have? Uh, this one's not the true vertical. It's okay. I've got a I've got a sixteen. 18 and a 19. We're going to call that a vertical. That's that works for me. It's yeah. vertical-ish. It's vertical-ish. Okay. And then uh, you have another vertical for that's us. A, that's too. a drunken vertical. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I did bring a true vertical of the uh, Bourbon County. And so this obviously is important in beer history because this is what started the whole, yep. uh, you know, barrel-aged uh, stout and now Bourbon everything County else. Stout, yes. uh, this was the one that started it all. And I still recommend, by the way, if you are even remotely interested in beer, 
other than just drinking it. If you want to know anything about it, uh, the book uh, Bourbon Barrel Stout and Selling yeah. Out is a fantastic book. I learned so much from that. And we've talked about actually had the author uh, on, was, on the show. That was a fun show. And yeah. It was uh, it, it was just such a fun read. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. Made me break out my Kindle for that. I know. And, and that's good. Kindle, <laughs> Kindle's a good thing. I love using the Kindle. So uh, anyway, so that's our mega beer episode. We may be trying a few other beers as well. And we're going to be trying a little rum today. The Ron Immortal, or Immortal, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, it's a 12-year-aged Colombian rum. So looking forward to uh, seeing this is, how this you guys is another, respond to this. Another uh, another uh, episode of us doing answering the age-old question, what to do with a drunken sailor. Right, and we've come up with a number of answers. I don't know if any of them are really sufficient, so we may have to continue. That's why we have to continue to exploring yeah, exactly. and asking this question exactly. deeper. Big, big thanks to our special guest from last week, by the way, Daryl McNally, uh, the CEO and master distiller of Limavati Irish Whiskey. That guy was awesome. How fun was he? Awesome. He, he really was. He was absolutely he awesome. He was so awesome. So, uh, so we're looking forward to, um, uh, to today's show, and we have... Um, we have something special on drinking news today. That, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. We're going to debut a new uh, kind of drinking news episode oh. today. So you want to give us a little teaser music? I think you got a string out of tune there. Actually, no, it's just discordant. Oh, okay. There we go. Appreciate it. Uh, on today's drinking news, we will debut something called Drinking Escapades. Oh. This will be a recurring... Uh, drinking news feature that, you know, from time to time, that's what drinking news will be, actual drinking escapades, as reported on by those who performed or committed the escapade. So, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I'll tell you about some cigars to watch for, and uh, I don't know how you did this, man, but you managed to get them to name one of the most destructive hurricanes of uh, the last century after you. Uh, uh, every, every time I flipped on the TV or the, you know, uh, the news or anything uh, over the last week. It's always been about, you know, Ian struck with deadly force. Ian smash. Yeah, Ian smash. Exactly. And uh, you are basically responsible or your namesake for playing a great deal of havoc with the cigar industry. It's not a good <laughs> thing, my friend. Uh, so I will. Uh, See, now I'll, I don't uh, want that. Yeah, it will be dubious honor. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Uh, first, they did a great whiskey. Now Metallica is branching into cigars. We'll have that. Uh, what? We'll have that for you. And I, I have finally, you know, we hear all of these uh, news stories, all of these, you know, uh, things about how bad it is for you to drink. Well, there's something that's just come out that puts a little spin on that and turns it back around the other way oh. about how good it may be to have alcohol in your life beyond just the enjoyment of the alcohol. It might be more than just a guilty pleasure is what I'm getting at. <laughs> and I will uh, I will share that with you uh, on the program today. So we got a lot of That's tasting right. For to today, do. we're going to make it a justifiably guilty That's pleasure. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's absolutely right. And I'm looking forward to it as well. How was your week, man? Do you have anything exciting uh, happening? Man, you yeah. So so my week's just been uh, been cruising along. Uh, we, uh, we went to a Cougars game, U of H football game mm. on Friday night. Had a blast. Fun. Yeah. Lost by one touchdown. Oh, I hate that. So bad. Yeah. That was like at the last second of overtime too. Uh, so. uh, 
but at least a fun and thrilling game. Right? It was it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, we went with a, a buddy of mine and uh, and hung out and had beers and food. It was it was a good time. So awesome. that was my that was my weekend there. And then um, we had my buddy Ace. He's the uh, founding member of CCSD. Had his Ace Toberfest. Oh, nice. on uh, on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. So we all showed up there, and there were beers, there were cigars, there were German foods. It was fun to be had. Yes, it was fun to be <laughs> a had. A good time was had by all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> which led to Sunday, which meant nothing much happened on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> I hear you. And I was in uh, Fort Worth, Texas for the weekend. Yes, so. and happy birthday uh, to yeah, you, my oh, friend. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank now, you. I would have called you on your birthday, but I thought your birthday was for some reason was in October and not mm. in uh, late September. It is late September. Sorry. Yes. That's okay. So because I forgot to do that, let's get that over with now. Okay. Happy birthday oh. to you. <laughs> Happy birthday <laughs> to you. We did this for Adam. Happy so I guess birthday, now dear Cruz. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. I hope you got me beer. Very nice. All right. Nice. So, uh, in your uh, in your goings on, I assume you had the opportunity to smoke uh, something interesting. I went by week. Casa this morning, mm -hmm. and I said, "What's new and awesome?" And uh, Steve brought me in there and said, "Oh, I got something new and awesome." He actually had a couple things, but the one I chose was the Aliados Cabinet Edition. Oh, the Cabinet Edition. That sounds cabinet expensive. Edition. Yeah, I don't really know what cabinet edition means on anything, but it generally does mean that there's at least an extra band on it, mm -hmm. and it's a little more special. Well, I know with a with a spirit, if it's a cabinet edition, I would expect them to have to unlock that cabinet at the end of the aisle <laughs> to get it out if I wanted to check it out. Right? <laughs> that means the cabinet edition yeah. can shift depending on what neighborhood you're in. <laughs> that's exactly right, yeah. There are places where Coors Light is in the cabinet. That's, so, that's right. Just saying. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So this is the cabinet edition. It's uh, it's it's so uh, apparently um, Oliva bought the name Aliados, which was a, a right. heritage brand. Cuba Aliados, I uh -huh. think is what it was called. Yep. And uh, and this particular, they have two blends coming out. Mm -hmm. This one out now is uh, made by Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Mm, and you know Mr. I'm a fan. EDC, yes. I'm a fan. Like I, I don't know that I've ever had anything from him that's less than awesome. Mm -hmm. Um. This is a 5x50 Robusto wrapper's uh, extra Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, H aged uh, five years. I'm liking it already. Uh, binder Nicaraguan, filler Nicaraguan, and Dominican uh, blend. So <clears throat> the appearance on this dark reddish-brown wrapper, slightly rustic with some veins. Classic uh, Aliados band, secondary EPC band, and cabinet edition uh, footer on it. So it's a very nice looking, very nicely uh, presented cigar. It's, it's pretty firm overall. Uh, feel uh, and a little bit leathery to the touch. Not of a particularly oily, but a little bit of a toothiness to the to the wrapper. I really uh, really like that. The pre light sniff on this uh, light barnyard classic tobacco and some chocolate right at the foot of the cigar. Nice. If you smell there, the pre light jar. I used a punch. Uh, had a medium draw to it, which was just fine for me. Earthy and sweet chocolate. Um, raisin uh, fermented hay is what I got right off the uh, pre-light draw on the initial light. Spicy, rich earth and tangy pepper, like right off the nice. bat. So really, really nice, really big, fluffy smoke right there. I was doing some smoke rings with it. Uh, tangy leather. Uh, I got on there. The retro hill is is uh, spicy pepper and campfire. The first third of this. <clears throat> Spicy chocolate and sweet toast. Uh, gossamer notes of raisin, fresh cut hay, cinnamon, and white pepper weave throughout, while a lingering tangy sweet leather and oak finish um, 
Oh, I accidentally just leading ring. Uh, where was I? Uh, Oak finish. No, I moved out of the way. There we go. There we go. Lingering tangy sweet uh, leather and oak finish on the palate. Retro hail is toast and spices with campfire. Solid ash. Perfect burn. The second third of this oak and cedar move forward with toast and a nutty undertone with a hint of powdered sugar sweetness. Uh, leather and spicy chocolate are consistent um, throughout with campfire, hay, and oak on the finish. Retro hail is sweet cedar and toast, solid ash, perfect burn. Hmm. The last third of this fermented hay and bitter citrus zest pull ahead on top of everything else, followed by a tangy leather, earth, raisin, nutty flavors, underlying uh, sweetness and chocolate remain uh, consistent. Pepper has kind of shifted to the background. Usually it's the opposite. You know, the more you smoke a cigar, mm -hmm. pepper comes forward. But kind of shifted to the background. Aftertaste has a slight mintiness. Retro hail is sweet cedar and toast with a touch of cinnamon. Solid ash, good burn. We're going to go a little less even at the very last bit of this, but not enough to be distracting. Uh, price versus quality. It's uh, a good question. It's $14 for a 5 by 50 Mm -hmm. That's an expensive little cigar. I mean, that's super premium right there. Uh, it was a good cigar. It was very good. At the $14 range, I can find cigars that maybe yep. I enjoy more, even though I really did enjoy this cigar. So I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. But I'm going to also tell you that if you're into the flavors that I mentioned on here, mm -hmm. it's probably worth it. Uh, it's a medium, but <clears throat> on the lighter side of medium cigar with a little bit of pepper spice right up front. Uh, and totally worth trying if you like very chocolatey with the underlying sweetness going on. So it's interesting to me that um, Oliva, a very successful cigar brand. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the probably more respected. They've they're very, they've got a great purity to their line. In other words, I've never had a bad Oliva cigar. Right. Right. Uh, they and they keep their line fairly simple, uh, but they're branching out and they bought. Uh, the Aliados brand. What I don't really understand is why. Because they bought it, and now they've blended this $14 cigar. Well, Aliados was basically, I don't know what it was known for like back in the day, but since I've been smoking cigars, I know it to be a halfway decent, you know, discount cigar, uh, a cheapie. You know, uh, and uh, kind of like Puros Indios. In fact, I believe they bought they, Puros Indios right, as well. Right. So, so both of those brands. <clears throat> I'm not saying the cigars were bad. They were just this was not a luxury brand. So Oliva could have taken this same cigar that they blended and put that on and released it as an Oliva cigar or as a, a, a whole new brand name that they might have made up and, and said we're branching out and our new cigar line is going to be the. I just I'm curious as to why they would buy, and this is something we'll have to talk to our buddy. We'll have to talk uh, to Trenton about to this. Trenton because yeah. I'd love to know the story. Why, why would you buy a a brand that is known for basically discount cigars and then release a super premium version of cigar under that name? I, you know, the only thing I can think of is first off, Oliva. Um, and Oliva, even, by the way, they have great discount cigars even their, of their own. Even their discounted range. Yes. Man, the, they're great. Gil, the Gilberto Olivas are great oh, they're cigars. They're fantastic. Yeah. And, and bang for the buck, they're one of the best out there. But their entire range is ultimately pretty affordable. Like, even their their master blend is is not outrageously priced. Their, uh, 
their Milanio, which yeah. is just unbelievable, is like what fourteen dollars tops right. for the Churchill, exactly. maybe that's, fifteen, depending that's on where you buy. One it. of their highest priced cigars. Yeah, and so they have this like right in that price range is kind of their top, and so I wonder. I wonder if they're trying to resurrect a brand and, and, and bring back the, the, the name a little bit and make it I'm into sure. something yeah. that's a little bigger. Because this was not, I mean, it did not smoke by any means like a budget line cigar. No, it was I, great. No, I get it. And uh, It's tough, the- though. If you put this next to that uh, that Milanio, though, I'm going for the Milanio. Right. Uh, it's very interesting. At the same price. It's very interesting, yep. But it was a great cigar, all that being said. I, I understand completely. Well, when I was in the Fort Worth area this weekend, <clears throat> had the chance to stop for a cigar at the Silver Leaf Cigar Lounge in downtown Fort Worth. A very nice place. They had a full bar. They had a nice uh, area to smoke in, both indoors and outdoors. Uh, and I'm going to be trying to do a video humidor visit with them the next time that I'm up there in, in that area. It was... Uh, uh, you know, sometimes I didn't. It's not like I called ahead and said. So they said, you know, we really right, should talk right. to the manager first. I was like, no problem. So I got his card, and we'll we'll try to arrange that. But anyway, while I was there, I picked up a McAuliffe Maduro Toro oh, in nice. their humidor, and I got the chance to smoke it in the outdoor area, which was awesome because the weather was perfect there this weekend. The cigar had a nice looking dark Ecuadorian Maduro wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder and fillers. I used my trusty punch and uh, checked out the pre-light, both the sniff and the draw, which I will sum up by using one word, raisins. Oh. It was just, it was very raisiny in, in a very pleasant way, right. by the way. Um, although there was some nice Maduro tobacco undertones to the pre-light, the raisin note definitely won, definitely won the day. I lit the cigar and started my journey. Nice, thick smoke from the very beginning. No sense of a uh, Nicaraguan pepper blast, although I did get some very light peppery mm-hmm. notes. Uh, more strikingly, though, uh, was the Maduro tobacco sweetness. It was really uh, present in this cigar, along with some chocolate and mocha and that raisin note that I had picked yeah. up on the uh, pre-light. There were nice notes of cedar as the McAuliffe Maduro worked its way into the second third. The chocolate vibe got a little richer, and the raisin note kind of bounced back and forth between raisin and a sort of a darker dried fruit uh, sort of a, a note. Um, rich Thick smoke with a nice room note, even though I was in an outdoor room. Mm. Still, you could just tell that it was enjoyable uh, room note smoke. A definite creamy vibe to the smoke. Firm ash that was not too flaky. Picked up a little note of leather as I got into the final third. Plenty of cocoa and just a hint of that pepper still uh, mostly on the retrohale. Uh, The McAuliffe was medium bodied and it didn't ramp up too much as it burned. Uh, kind of consistently right in the middle of the spectrum in terms of uh, the strength perspective. Construction was good. I had no burn issues. I didn't need to relight it at any point. The ash held on for about an inch at a time, probably longer, but that was where mm-hmm. I tipped it off. Overall, <clears throat> I enjoyed the cigar quite a bit. I mean, it was a really nice experience just sitting there in the outdoor section of Silverleaf, taking in a kind of a lazy Saturday afternoon in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, there wasn't that much going on. There was a few nice. people walking around. It was just just a very nice vibe, right? Um, priced quality. I paid about $10 for this cigar. Okay. And therein lies really my only issue. It was absolutely worth it for the experience. So I'm, cl- and I'm inclined to give it a five. Right, enjoyed the cigar. the The whole experience was just a really great time. Right, right. It was one of those reminded me. In fact, I shared this with the guy who was kind of at the table next to me. That it, 
reminded me of what you always say that you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. It was uh, one of those yeah. kind of great, I got time. great experiences, right? Uh, and um, so I'm inclined to give it a five uh, since I really enjoyed the hour and a half that I spent there. It was just very nice. But at seven to nine dollars, I'm get a lot of cigars that I would describe as more complex with a wider range of things happening in them from a taste standpoint, aromas. Um, I also realize, though, that some cigar shops just charge more than others. Yeah. You know, depending on the real estate they have to, the rent they have to pay, whatever. I got the impression that Silverleaf was a little more expensive per stick than a lot of the places that I usually shop. And it's in a very nice building. So, you know, I imagine they got some costs that some of my normal haunts don't have. And I, I totally get that. Bottom line, at $8.00. I would absolutely give this cigar a solid five. Yeah. Uh, but at 10, I'm going to go with, interestingly enough, a 4.5. Just four like point five today. Uh, it, it was very nice. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but that's a pretty competitive price point. So yeah. based on what else you can do at that price, tough to say that it weighs in as strongly as a, you know, uh, uh, an enclave uh, broadleaf by A.J. Fernandez, yeah, which yeah. you can get it around eight and a half, nine dollars McAuliffe has some great cigars. They do. They really do. The Matafina and it wasn't so that I, good. It wasn't the, that I didn't enjoy Gomez. it, because it, it was terrific. Yeah. So, so good. So I don't uh, know. But this is just the, uh, the regular Maduro Toro. Mm. Anyway, it was good, and I enjoyed it. And I would definitely try one again. If I could find these at around eight bucks, uh, I would I would buy them on the regular. You know? So you were in Fort Worth. Did you go by CI? I did not. It was further out to the north. It uh, would have been about a, a 20, 30 minute drive from where I was. And I, I was right near like, the downtown that's area. That's important cigar time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I and If I had gone to CI and smoked a cigar, I would have been trying to hurry up and smoke a yeah, cigar no, 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 so I could I come back. That, and you don't want to do that. This this was absolutely perfect. And it wasn't far from where I was. And, and it was good. By the way, uh, if you're ever in downtown Fort Worth, uh, near the Dickies Arena, which is where I went to see Keith Urban there. Right, right. Um, it, it, there is a little place across the street, uh, which is also close to where uh, we were staying, called Taco Heads. You absolutely want to go there for breakfast. Oh, it's nice. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, so recommended. That's awesome. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get started on some verticals. That's, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we gonna start, what are we going to start with, the KBS? KBS. KBS. All right, perfect. Excited about uh, excited about trying these and uh, comparing the years, and that's what we will do when we come back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Our program yes, is all is. about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. On the on the bottle opener, Mr. Ian Barry. Very that nice. was my bottle Very opener solo. I, I like that. But, but wait, good. but wait, but wait. There's more. There's more. He's because... opening. He's opening more bottles, ladies and gentlemen. Very nice. And we got. Uh... I'll open the third one in a minute. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, Hurricane Ian, uh, as you probably know, made landfall not only in Florida and in the Carolinas. Man, if you think uh, I'm crazy, but uh, Hurricane Ian also landed uh, as a. Um, uh, a storm with about 125 mile an hour winds when it came across Cuba. It was a Category Three when it hit Cuba, and uh, it was um, it was pretty devastating to the tobacco regions. We uh, we know that a whole 
uh, a whole lot of damage was done to crops. Uh, we know that most of the tobacco growers and and the people who were there are just really just happy to be alive after uh, after the impact of. The thing. Okay, I don't want to get these confused. This is so the first one you got. Number one, yeah, is the nineteen. The second one you got is the eighteen, okay, and then so the sixteen the is coming around. Okay, all right, very good. So uh, there were also uh, reports of flooding in the fields after a foot of rain uh, fell in parts of the island. There were two deaths reported in Cuba from the storm, uh, and Ian also knocked out power to the entire entire country uh, for a time. It is um, unlikely that this year's tobacco crop had been planted yet. The tobacco season typically begins later in the year once the threat of storms diminish. But regardless, they say, the level of damage will be a setback to Cuba's tobacco harvest for this year because tobacco cannot be properly harvested without barns. And I, I'm sorry a lot about that, guys. Of, a lot of the barns got uh, got just absolutely, absolutely demolished. Absolutely wrecked. Now, uh, the other interesting thing about... Um, the damage from Hurricane Ian is that it also had a big impact on the U.S. cigar industry. Florida is the epicenter of the United States cigar industry. And Ian, of course, one of the more, most powerful storms ever to hit Florida. Uh, destructive winds and in high flood. Uh, what's that? Destructive <laughs> I, I storm? <laughs> yeah. Um, Rocky Patel Premium Cigars was hit especially hard by the storm. The company makes its headquarters in Naples, which is uh, only a few miles from where Hurricane Ian made landfall. And um, everybody was expecting it to go a bit north, and then it turned, Rocky says, and just sat there. Water started coming in. Damage is pretty bad. My mailbox is underwater. There's no power. There's no uh, water. Uh, but thank God everybody's okay. We haven't had any issues with people uh, getting hurt. Tampa was originally forecast to be ground zero for the hurricane. Arturo Fuente uh, cigars are based in Tampa, their headquarters. And uh, they did shut down for two days, but then were operating again. And um, then there was some damage as well in Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. Uh, Pete Johnson of Tatuaje and My Father Cigars said, thankfully, uh, they only had some rain and wind there in Miami and never had to actually shut down. But the damage has been pretty extensive, uh, and especially Rocky Patel. So, so I would say if, you, if you're if you a fan of Rocky Patel, you might want to grab some cigars now just in case there's uh, um, any kind of shortage. I can't tell you out. how many people texted me and said, why are you so mad or mm -hmm. why are you doing this? But one of my right. friends uh, who lives just outside of Tampa, um, I texted him. You know, I said, situation report. He goes, all good. Didn't lose power. House is okay. Just lots of cleanup to do. Got lucky AF. Mm -hmm. I said, glad to hear it. And he responded, yeah, next time don't be a jerk. And caused so much damage. I highly yeah, recommend changing your name to Sandy. <laughs> and so I responded, yeah, next time don't try to tell me that Michael Schenker is a better guitar player than Rick Emmett. This is all your fault. <laughs> yeah, that so was our conversation. I'm gonna have I have to, to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to take I'm gonna agree with you and take Rick Emmett. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean I come know, on. Michael Schenker's awesome. Blinding light I mean, show, on. are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. All right. So it's vertical time, my friends. And uh, this is a quasi vertical because we're not doing. We're skipping a year. We're skipping we skipped 17. Okay. We're so, skipping 17. so is this something uh, you. When, when uh, I was 17. Regularly oh, do is, is collect these and hold on to them for, for well, this type oh, of thing? Or? Uh, if you remember back with the big craze, people yeah. were hoarding the stuff. Yeah. It was hard to find. Sure. So when I got a bottle, I, I bought four and I would drink one every once in a while. That's why we're out of 17. I. 
because you got a little I, carried I away drank, with 17. Yeah, I got it. How was 17? It was good. Yeah. Let, okay. let me help answer the question that you initially asked. Is this something that he does? Uh, I think my <laughs> mic just went out. I'm hearing you. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. my ears went out. Anyway. Maybe. Um, but is this something he does? He uh, When he moved back to Texas, he got a house that has a specific room in his garage area. His garage has uh, a nice big area for the cars and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. there are no cars in. And then he has a few extra rooms in the back, one of them being a big game room. And mm-hmm. uh, and um, and the other one is his beer room, nice. which, by the way, has its own air conditioner. Nice. And stores all his beer for him. So See, I think I'm cool because I have a beer fridge. Right. But I don't have a beer he has, room. Yeah. He has an entire well, I got beer, the beer room. fridge in the beer room. Of course. Yeah. That's and where the deep it would go. freeze for, you know, crashing kegs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and the shelves for deep storage. Yeah. Yeah. The shelves are it. very full. And uh, so it's interesting because I, I was over mm. at his house. Um, I think he was doing a barbecue. And, um, and he was like, well, let's go pick out a beer drink. He starts handing me beers and we set them on the shelf and he just looks up and goes, that's a vertical. <laughs> and, and so is this. And I was like, well, that's a show. And he goes, okay, let's do it. Uh, well, that's, that's how it works around here. So that's how we got here. Stuff just happens, and we go, that's a show. That's yeah, that's, how that's works, a show. So. All yeah. right, so the first one is what year? Uh, 19. 16. No, no, are you going backwards or forwards? Uh, let's go up. Oldest? First. Depends on which one you want to start. Okay, so on your on your right-hand side is 19. On your left-hand side is 16. All right, so you want to start with the oldest or we want so to start with the newest? It. It's the most likely to be soy sauce. Now, we just, okay. one of the things, one of the reasons I thought that um, uh, that this would be fun is just because, like, you can really kind of taste it. You know what, Let's you want to start with newest first and go backwards and see if it yeah, improves? Let's do that. I okay. think 19 might be holding up. All right. Okay, so 19 is... Uh, it smells well, on, raisiny. On the nose, it is just a wonderful bourbon-style vibe. And vanilla-y mm-hmm. and bourbon-y. Definitely getting the raisin. And coffee. Lots and wow. lots of coffee going on right there. And mm-hmm. this has got a definite sort of a breakfast vibe to it. You know, it's right. got it's got a little bit of uh, I don't know if there's lactose in this or not, but it's got it's, it's got the kind of um of heft to it that you would expect from a breakfast. Okay, so they all say the same thing. What we have here is an imperial stout brewed with massive amount of coffee and chocolates. Mm-hmm. Then cave aged. I love that it's cave aged. That's just cool. In oak bourbon barrels for an entire year to make this wonderful, to make sure wonderful bourbon undertones come through in the finish. Uh, makes your taste buds squeal with delight. I don't know if my taste buds are squealing. I mean, they might be. Mm. You probably have to get closer to be able to tell. I, I will just say then, if this is a 2019, that means this beer went into those barrels in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then a year after, it was uh, released upon an unsuspecting it's, public. It's boozy too, and I it like really the is. booziness. Mm-hmm. It, it's got a, it's got a bourbony kind of thing, but almost a, I hesitate to say almost a rum kind of thing. Uh, I know what you're saying. That, like, it's not doesn't taste like rum, and almost like that. There's uh, maybe it's the, um, <clears throat> it's the sweet with the, the uh, sweet and there's a carameliness to yeah, it. There's, there's definitely a burnt caramel vibe going. Yeah, on Yeah, the sure. burnt caramel mm-hmm. might be making me think of rum. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm for it. Mm. Yeah, it's quite good. Now, that's yeah. a 2019. Yeah. The one before is a 2018. So we're going right? back yeah. a year now. Okay. Okay, so this one shifts from a raisiny kind of note to more of a date kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which, they're similar in, on the nose in some ways, but you can kind of taste, you kind of smell the difference. 
It's also got a little stronger chocolatey smell to it. I was just about to yeah. say less coffee, more chocolate than the twenty. Right. Oh, agreed. Not as boozy. No, not as boozy. You're right. Nope, that's mellowed out a little bit too. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. a there's a coffee bitterness to the end that the first one didn't have. Uh, there's a coffee Correct. bitterness that, and that maybe, and that's probably why I'm saying more coffee, less chocolate, right? As compared to the first one, because if I go back, well, oh, see, I think it's see first spillage here. I Thank brought you. plenty, buddy. Thank you for bringing that. Yes. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the people who use this studio after our show are always like, that smells like what food. What happened in here? Yeah. This microphone smells like beer and cigar. Um, so That's a Billy Joel song, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's very interesting because there's also a little bit thinner mouthfeel to the uh, yes. second one, too. Yes, it's not not as boozy and not as uh, not as thick as, we should, the, as the first we should one. Let's see what Adam says. Oh, no, I agree. It's it's It's... The first one had more of kind of almost a creaminess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Going back to the first one. Yeah, that's what I was attempting to do when I uh, when the great spill occurred. The first one has a lot more silkiness to it. You're, you're both right on that. A lot more of a silky kind of vibe. A little big, bigger mouthfeel. A little feel. more of the lactose. Then you go back too. here right. to 18, Absolutely. and it's just a little bit thinner mouthfeel. It it lost a little of the booziness, um, mm -hmm. but it has that bourbon. It has that bourbon flavor, you know. When you, oh, it's still boozy. There's no when doubt you buy about something that's that's bourbon flavored. This, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> like bourbon flavored candy, barbecue or sauce, it's kind of bourbon. bourbon flavor. You know, what I mean? it has that bourbon flavor kind of stuff. Yeah, gotcha. Um, that uh, well, it's like when it's like the difference between banana and banana flavor. They're very different. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, that that is very well said because you're 100 percent right. If you get a banana flavored candy, it does not taste like. Banana taste. It does not taste like a banana taste. Yeah. Um, it's, there, there's a definite taste there, but it's not banana. And this, and this is not bad either. It's it's no. actually still uh, still quite good. I think aged, I like the 2019 well. better uh, between yeah. the two, but not by a lot. Oh, okay. So the 16. Oh. Yeah. We're starting to get a little, uh, a little bit of soy sauce in there. Really, but not that much on the taste. No, nope. on the nose it's I was getting on the nose. it, but it's not on the it's not on the palate. Mm, there's almost a pepperiness to it. I actually like this one a lot. It's weird because the mouth feels back. It's bigger than the uh, mm -hmm. than the bigger than the eighteen. 18. Yeah. Mm. So there's wait. a much longer finish on this one. The finish on this one is like linger forever. This is just such a. Uh, and it's less coffee mm. at all. Like, there's coffee kind of flavor in there, but it's less coffee at all. Just showing that. I know we've got yeah. some B-roll of it that's that, uh, up, but that's the uh, That's the Founders KBS. Very nice. So, man, you should have tasted 17. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to do that. So, here's, here's the other thing that I'm thinking. I think the reason the finish is so long in this is this one is about three times oakier than the rest of them. Oh, you're right about that. Like the There's oak, it's like a dry, a dry right. astringency mm -hmm. to the, uh, especially to the aftertaste that you know it leaves you kind of smacking your lips a little bit, um, like in like a like a good dry wine kind of thing almost. So mm -hmm. the 2019 is the most coffee chocolate. The 2018 is more coffee, less chocolate, and thinner mouthfeel. The 2016 is oakier. Definitely, those would be the yeah, sort of the, the easy description and the, and the, uh, right. ways I'd And come the at raisiny that. flavor in the very first one has definitely shifted all the way to date by sixteen. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's definitely like like 
or fig almost. It's like it's like really, really. You could almost see a fig. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely. Uh, so I don't know. They're all very good. Reminds me that uh, these guys at Founders kind of know what they're doing. It's, it's interesting to taste them like that. I don't think I've ever actually put three KBS up like this next to each other. It's so interesting how much different they taste. Right. If you if you did these not in a vertical, in other words, if you if you bought the twenty eighteen well, and drank it that not. year, right, and then the next year you bought the twenty nineteen and drank it that year, you'd probably believe both of them to be incredibly similar. Yes, you know, like almost identical. Uh, but it is well, interesting. But the other side of it too is a lot of times, like when you have a bunch of beer like this, uh, you'll go on there and you'll just pick one that you think is fun. Here's a twenty. Mm-hmm. 17 i'll just have that and then clearly that and, happened and, and you're not trying it right next to you apparently right. that happened more often than the other ones right, right right but but you're not trying it right next to the other ones so you're going off a of memory and it's interesting when you get to try it like right next to each other mm-hmm. so uh although you have to you have to think when you buy a beer like this you're playing a long game yeah, yeah. you know because to do a vertical you gotta have you know two to three years right <laughs> absolutely absolutely you you gotta you gotta you, not drink that beer that long you gotta give it time to right. do its thing yeah that's right and, uh, and, and you well, know the differences could also be because of bottle conditioning yeah. right yeah well there and a lot of things could be different because they they don't in, in these beers they're not necessarily trying to match last year they're trying to do a this year version right so so even though yeah, they're a lot using of the, the same recipe doing, but they're not Right. I don't think that they're in there trying to blend it identical every right. single time. It's not like, like Budweiser, you know, where right, they're trying right. to make the most Budweisery Budweiser they can make. They're they're like, here's our stout for this we're year. We're brewing it again this we're, year. And we're going to age it in in this. But conditions are different. Barrels are different. Like, it's, it can Weather's be really. Weather's different, all right. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Although in a cave, does, does it really have weather? I don't know. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's cave conditioned. Mm-hmm. Which well, sounds awesome. It would still be a temperature, right? Uh, like if it's a particularly warm year, for example. Right. Yeah, there the cave could be, wouldn't could be, be some hot necessarily, right. but it wouldn't be as cool as in a cooler year. Could be. Also, how you store it would come into factor. Right, of course. I mean, fortunately, I've got an environmentally controlled area. I keep all my beer. The That's beer a, room. The beer yes, room. The beer room. I think it's pretty I awesome. Like it. Well, I call it my beer cellar, even though it's above ground. Even though ground. it's above ground. I like <laughs> That's it. close enough. I like it. Well, <laughs> my, these are, these my are really above good. ground beer cellar. Do you, do you have a favorite, Ian, among the uh, three years? I, I got to say, uh, there's there's a lot to like in each one. Uh, I love the oakiness on the 16, but I think 19 really has more of everything that you want in the KBS. What do you think, Ian? 19. I like the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, uh, is definitely my favorite too. After the first couple sips, the booziness goes down, and 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 what I wonder though is how much of that is because it's the newest of the three, you know, versus because it's just got more, right, right, versus the fact that it's uh, you know just happens to be the one that got that particular uh, set of flavors through aging. The right. the interesting thing too is is I wonder if we tried it in the other direction if we would think maybe that one's a little strong maybe I mean it's it's it, you know you never know like, I just wonder if we had a twenty would it because it was a bit fresher have would even it more be right. the favorite of of all of the ones in the vertical so so my interesting to see my memory on drinking a fresh one is that it is big and round like it is 
Mm -hmm. It is like bold and kind of in your face. And none of these are totally in your face. They're all a little more subdued. And they got uh, like the 19 has that nice balance. The uh, 16 has that nice oaky thing on the end. But you get a little bit of everything. And I think some of those oakier flavors and things like that get a little bit hidden when you have so much stuff up front. Right. Also, the uh, fresh bottle at the store today, you're going to have a lot more of the hops. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because hops diminishes pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. Which is why, you know, IPAs, you drink fresh. fresh right. The fresher, know? the better, generally, on IPAs. Why they're, it's why they can be so good, like, when you're at the brewery. Yeah. You know, and it's like, wow, this IPA is spectacular. And it, it can be a little harder to recreate that in something that's sitting on the shelf for uh, a couple of months. Right, you know? right. So, anyway. Well, great stuff. I, uh, I will... It'll be interesting to see when we go for the Bourbon County, if that plays out as well in the same way in, in terms of do we like the freshest one the best or will there be a year that stands out? And that's a four. You've got four year vertical four on years, that. Yes. All right. So we'll be looking forward to that. That'll be coming up in the show. Uh, also going to tell you about Metallica's new cigars. James Hetfield getting into the cigar business. Uh, these guys do everything now. That's interesting to me because they did great on bourbon. They really did. And, Their and if good. they do cigars the way they did with with uh, whiskey, uh, they went to the right people with their whiskey. Let's hope they do that with cigars. I believe that they have, and I'll tell you about it coming up. Ain't no tropical depression. This is a real deal. Play it like a real tempestuous sensation. You got to get Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. All Man, things, things are good. that we really like. And uh, welcome back to the show. Show number 299, by the way. And we are glad to have you here. We're going to be trying a little blueberry beer. So while uh, Ian is pouring that, uh, I've got to tell you about um, the new cigar that's coming out from Metallica. New line of cigars coming out from Metallica. And it's going to be very, very interesting. So blackened... Uh, when um, the former uh, master distiller from Dave Whistlepin, Pickerel, Dave Pickerel uh, passed away, um, they signed up Rob Dietrich uh, to be the uh, master distiller for uh, Black and, and for Metallica's other uh, whiskey projects uh, moving forward. And um, James Hetfield of Metallica has now partnered with Rob Dietrich and some guy you may have heard of named Jonathan Drew. Oh. From Drew Estate Cigars uh, for a new blackened M81 cigar. Did you? By Metallica. Really? Yeah. Did you know that he was a cigar smoker? I did not. I uh, had no idea. It was a fun social thing, Hetfield says, a fellowship to have a few buddies sit around with a few sticks. My buddy, Rob Dietrich, Blackens Master Distiller, and I frequently enjoy cigars together, and he introduced me to Jonathan from Drew Estate. The three of us connected and shared each other's vision and story about where we've been, what we like to see, what's important to us now, and we all came up with what a blackened M81 cigar would look and taste like. I love the Maduro leaf, and I am super excited for everyone to try this. Of course, it's going to be so my guess a dark it's black be Maduro leaf. Maduro, yeah. it's going to be yeah. big and sweet and that kind of stuff. It's probably going to be yeah. in the medium to lighter side of medium range. Would be that my would guess. be my guess. Yeah, Dietrich and Drew have been friends for more than 10 years. And Jonathan Drew sent samples to the two men who kept journals as they smoked to note what they liked and what they didn't like as the blend evolved. And uh, Dietrich calls it a project that was purely born 
from passion. Took about two years of sampling and smoking uh, and ending up with a brand made entirely from Maduro leaves. So everything in the cigar, both the wrapper so this is as well as the binder Maduro, and filler. Uh, yeah, so which reminds you of like the CAO M MX3. Dude, or, that... Yeah. Well, so I was smoking the CAO uh, MX2s for a long time. Yes, they were yes. great. And then the CAO MX3 came out, and I was like, it does get better. Yeah, it, absolutely. So and, uh, I'm excited about these. I'm, I'm uh, excited about a triple Maduro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would always be excited about that. And if a Maduro they, Puro. Uh, you know, when they did the whiskey, they did it right. Yeah. It did. wasn't just they another did. celebrity. Uh, project. They really did it right, and now you've got um, Jonathan them, Drew. Jonathan Drew. I, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Drew's proven a couple things. First off, he can make very frou frou cigars, mm -hmm. but he can also make very serious, fantastic cigars. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and he and I think I think that's one of those where I'd like to know where their vision is on this because it's. I mean, it's obviously not going to be one of the flavored cigars. Right, it's, it's going to be not going to be an acid. Yeah, right. Interesting. So fascinating. Well, yeah. It's got to be very dark. So yeah. what, what kind of um, wrapper are they using on that? Uh, the wrapper is a Mexican San Andreas. Course, the binder is Connecticut Broadleaf. And the filler is a combination of broadleaf grown in Nicaragua and in Pennsylvania. Uh, Jonathan Drew says the new cigar reveals layer after layer of Maduro's deepest, darkest, most magical and mysterious character. They're rolled in Nicaragua and they come in four sizes. Uh, about... Between $9.15 per cigar for the Corona and $10.35 per cigar for the Corona Double. So it's not like it's not like they did this cigar and went, okay, they're $35. You know what I mean? Which mm -hmm. they could have because they could have said, hey, it's Metallica. Well, he, didn't, fans he also buy didn't it. astronomically price their uh – Mm -hmm. Their whiskey either? No, they didn't. It's 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 pretty reasonable. It's pretty reasonable. They were scheduled to be uh, unveiled on Drew Estate's program Freestyle Live uh, last week. Uh, some people have already smoked it, but they didn't know what it was. The samples were uh, given out in Drew Estate's latest Freestyle Live event packed, marked as mystery cigars. So that that's how mystery cool. cigars. So, yeah. uh, Metallica was uh, founded in 1981. Which is why the uh, brand, uh, the blend is called M81. Nice. So that's where it comes from. So yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to the, uh, to trying that. How do you feel about blueberry beer? Uh, I am quite divided about blueberry beer. I'm either going to love it or I'm not going to like it at all when it comes to blueberry beer. <laughs> and and it's, there's for me, there's no middle ground. It's you, either a really great flavor. You've tried this now. Uh, I, I have. Um, How are you feeling about this particular beer? This one. I think it maybe didn't age as well as it could have. Let's see what we're looking at here because I don't know if that one has well, seen the camera. Yeah. Well, we did the. Okay, yeah, we, we, had, we did. Back. Okay. We can put it up here. This is the the Biggie's Bodacious Blueberry, Blueberry Brunch Bonanza from uh, Alvarado Street Brewery. Yeah. Okay. So right. I'm, I can tell you, you mentioned it might not have aged well enough, but I, this one already is in the category of the ones that I like because yeah. it's not a sweet blueberry. Right. It's tart. It's tart. It's but it's not really a sour either. Right. It's it's somewhere on. I that, think the sour has mellowed. Line. Yeah. Um, so. Also, there's no carbonation whatsoever left in it. Um, I think that's the biggest. Yeah. Effect. So 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 after resting this can for a long time, you can see that the can has pushed out a little bit, and that can happen. Um, it almost looks like it was know. bought at Target. You know, just to <laughs> the. Uh, but but here's what I think, because uh, I was interested to hear what you guys were thinking, because I think, here's the thing, I think this is well past its prime. 
Probably so. Yeah. But the it's carbonation real good would, the way it is. Yeah, the carbonation it's, would probably make it a little better, but it's really pretty good. You know, it reminds me of I'm sticking it in a glass and running under my soda stream thing. When you um yeah. I mean, why not? When you eat a sour candy like a sweet tart or a right, sour patch right. kids or something like that and it has that perfect balance of the sweet and the sour that's kind of what i get like this doesn't strike me as a sour it strikes me as those, just more of a tart those blue um, right those blue sour patch kids mm -hmm. are the bomb mm -hmm. and that's what i'm talking about yeah. Yeah. but i would love to experience this with some of the carbonation still intact right but ian's right it's still really good it's still pretty it's drinkable still Alvarado Street, they um, they actually have a whole series of flavored beers. I mean, I happened to bring the blueberry because we were thinking about doing a, a, a blueberry, blueberry yeah. group here. Yeah, but it's Biggie's they, Bodacious got, Blueberry Brunch Bonanza. Right, I like that. They've also got like a banana split and creamsicle, whatever. A few flavors that you generally can't find here. They're, the further you get away from Monterey, right. Yeah. The less flavors you find. Have you ever played the uh, Plants vs. Zombies uh, uh, video game? Yes. So, I, I, And it's a lot of fun. And I love the sounds that the zombies make. Well, I don't know why it's so I love funny the sounds that the zombies make. And in Plants vs. Zombies 2, there's a one of the plants that you can get to attack the zombies with is a banana plant. And every time now anyone says anything about banana... I think because with, with that particular plant, you press it and then tell it where to shoot the banana to to destroy a zombie. And then when you do, it goes banana. And every time <laughs> anyone says anything about bananas now, that goes off in my head. Banana, banana, banana. banana. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I went there. It's just you, 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 it's the second time on the show today you've mentioned something about banana. And uh, my brain just, just filled with that. Yeah. Banana. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoy this though. This is uh, again. I would love to yeah. try it it's a little more with, carbonated with a little more carbonation, but it is still yeah. Oddly past this prime and oddly still good because mm -hmm. of it. Maybe in spite of it, I'm not entirely sure. Which when one you is. can be past your prime as a beer and still be good, I think that really says something. Yeah, because yeah, we've had a few beers that you know we held on to too long. Right, they're a little past their prime and they were not <laughs> good <laughs> at all. Well, at I have all. to say, Alvarado. unless you wanted to dip sushi in them. Elvarado <laughs> Street's a solid brewery. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, clearly. And you said they do a lot of uh, berry flavored and well, uh, fruit flavored different stuff. Different flavors. Like, you know, what was it? Like the uh, banana split was mm -hmm. the one I mentioned earlier. And banana. <laughs> creamsicle. <laughs> I can't help it. I mean, the creamsicle I, I, I don't remember good. off the top of my head, but they, they had a whole <clears throat> series of flavored beers. Fun, fun stuff. All right. uh, they've got their regulars, their stouts and right. whatever. So we're going to go 180 degrees from this in our next segment and we're going to taste some rum. So I don't know if we want to do... Uh, I think the only thing we've got for a palate cleanse is a bottle of Coors Light there. I don't know if you want to try that for a palate cleanse before we go to rum or <laughs> Look not. at the mountains. <laughs> They're actually blue. Well, I, I can tell you that this is a cold beer and I haven't touched it. Isn't That's that amazing? True. Because the, uh, the mountains ah, are blue. I'm tricking the mountains. I put my thumb on it, and the mountains oh, turn less they blue. they turned less blue. But right. I'm going to turn them completely uh, No, no. Don't warm up. Warm Coors Light would be gross. <laughs> it would go from being flavorless to being gross. So, uh, so Are, are we going uh, to attempt to palate cleanse with this? Uh, it's up to you. You know we'll, what? I haven't tried a Coors Light in. It's up to you. We can try it during the break, if you like, and we'll come back and uh, tell you all about some rum. I mean, it can't be as bad as Montucky Cold Snack, can no, it? No, it's not. Believe me. I'd rather have a Coors Light. <laughs> Than a Montucky cold snack any day. 
any day, all anytime. Right. We're, we're going to try a Coors Light during the break. We'll, we'll come back and tell you all about it. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And at the moment, a little Coors Light as a palate cleanse because that that blue. We're going to go to rum, and the blueberry just. I'm afraid we would have like really had a tough time. So, so, so during uh, the break, I mentioned that this Coors Light has a little bit of a stale beer smell, and 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 Cruz said, "I said it reminds you of that uh, beer on the carpet smell." Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we all know what that smells like because we've been in those bars, right? Yeah. What it reminds bar- me of the blue iguana that has a beer special, dollar beer. Yeah. Yeah. Draft right, beer. Exactly. What what bar would ever? Put carpet in. I mean, seriously. I mean, the blue it's iguana get had this smell at all times. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. that absolutely. was the play, the way the yeah. place smelled. It, it was just, yeah, that's just that's exactly an old school like smell. Houston hot. So you know, Ian, how they're constantly doing these studies to try and show more and more about how consumption of alcohol leads to bad things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always trying to come out with new ways to scare us about it and and scare us away from oh. it. I saw a headline on. Uh, was it CNN or one? I don't remember who did mm-hmm. the headline, but it was a, it was about um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the headline was something to the effect of, "Even after Arnold's surgery, he refuses to quit the habit that kills eight million people a year." Oh, he's talking about smoking cigars, right? Yeah, I, I'm Except pretty sure don't kill smoking cigars doesn't yeah, kill eight yeah. million people that's, a year. But the, yeah, but so, they had to sensationalize the headline. So they're always looking for stuff like that to, yeah. Oh, to yeah. put out in these articles, right? In fact, in a, a recent addiction journal paper, had researchers performing an in-depth analysis of the relationships between alcohol and dementia, and trying to determine whether certain levels of alcohol consumption increase the risk of Dementia. The researchers in the current review aim to provide a more concise understanding of this relationship while addressing the limitations of previous studies. And what they found with a total of 24,478 individuals who were included in the current study with a mean age of 71.3 years as a a baseline. Yeah. 58.3% female, 54.2% of them were current drinkers. The risk, I want to really, like, I want to put this up in bold letters somehow. The risk of dementia was greater among those who abstain from alcohol than it was from people who are light to moderate and moderate to heavy drinkers, as well as among men. This result was consistent when fully adjusted uh, models were employed. And neither lifetime abstainers nor previous drinkers who now abstain had a different dementia risk regardless of their sex or demographic or clinical characteristic. The only defining factor of this study was you were less inclined to develop dementia if you were not abstaining from alcohol. Double negative. In other words, if you drink alcohol, you're less likely according to this study to this develop will dementia never see the light of tv oh, oh yeah yeah this will never make it onto fox news and cnn will it <laughs> like that uh, is so against so yeah, many yeah. agendas yeah 
that it'll get buried. When people talk about, you know, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger headline you were talking about, it was like, when I, whenever people say these things about smoking, and listen, I understand that there is a risk factor involved in using tobacco of any kind. I get it, right? But in my mind, the relaxation benefit that I get from enjoying a great cigar far outweighs the risk of what that tobacco might do. And I'm not inhaling the smoke and all of that. But but seriously, there is a positive to this that doesn't ever get talked about. And now there's a positive apparently hey, listen, to buddy, drinking as what's well. What's one of the most inert things that you do daily? Mm -hmm. uh, breathe, right? Right. Too much air can kill you if you have a whole bunch of it like underneath you. Yeah, um, absolutely. It can definitely kill you. Um, too much of anything mm -hmm. will kill you. Too much alcohol will kill you. Too and, much cigarettes will kill you. Too we, much cigars will probably take a while, right? But will kill you. Absolutely. I mean, too much of anything. Too much exercise could kill you. Yes, I mean, you know, people Amazingly. die from all kinds of things. Not that I'm running the risk of getting you know close to that line, but you it know. can happen. And I'd just like to say, instead of worrying about worrying about me, why don't you let me worry about me and you worry mm -hmm. about you? I like it. Right, yeah. and <laughs> and I'll smoke my cigars. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, we don't everywhere doesn't become like California where you can smoke anywhere you want as long as it's not outside or inside. Or inside, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, unfortunately, that's oh, yeah. the way it is. I mean, that's it. All right, so it's time to break into the Bourbon County. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought oh, we were oh, doing I'm sorry. The... I'm sorry. I'm wrong. We're doing the rum. Oh. It's time to break into the rum. That's what somebody's I been drinking. Meant to say, yeah. Well. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, I'm excited actually about today's drinking news, which will be in our next segment because we're going to be, and you're going to have to maybe come up with a little musical signature or something uh, for drinking escapades because we're debuting drinking escapades. That was nice. Uh, we're debuting drinking escapades on today's edition. Drinking of, escapades. Yeah, of drinking news, basically. And, and we've all had these, well, most of us have had these experiences where you know, we've had a little too much and something happens. That's what drinking escapades is about. <laughs> so real life stories certainly from real me. people. It's kind of like a reality show. Real life stories from real people on drinking escapades. I love it. I love it. Love where going with it. Up. So, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. So, uh, all right. So I'm I'm concerned about dementia it's not so i want in my future let's so talk I'll, about this right. bottle to sample some rum. let's talk about this bottle first because uh as yeah. as you generally do you did us the courtesy of making sure that uh the plastic wrapper was cleared around the top you can edge get some real uh, to I, make I sure to call no, them paper cuts but no like sharp cuts. edges yes. from the plastic mm -hmm. those kind of things happen. yes and then also i didn't spill a drop Probably largely because you have cleared the neck of the bottle, right, to make sure that the drippage, glug glug glug, right, right, is, yeah. is is greatly reduced. So I do, I, I want you to be appreciated for that because I appreciate you appreciating it. As one hundred percent, the uh, precursors of the rum date back to uh, ancient times. It is believed that the development of fermented beverages from sugarcane occurred in ancient Greece. Way to go, uh, ancient Greece! Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got nothing better to do. Yeah, right. Uh, a close example um, is the drink called Mortal, produced by the people of Malaysia. In the uh, the rum dates back thousands of years and continues until today. The best rum is Immortal. So this is Immortal, not Immortal. Immortal. Right. Immortal. Um, 
uh, age but I think twelve I years. It immortal, but it's immortal. Right, right. Uh, age twelve years in American white oak barrels. Uh, notes of authentic French vanilla and citrus. Well, you definitely get the vanilla on the nose. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it, and yet. that makes me happy because that is the kind of rum you know. Oh, there's a lot of time. there's a lot of different uh, styles of rum out there, and. Um, whether it's got the rubberiness to it or not, my favorites have always got the vanilla. This has this has maple. Like if I was going to describe the smell, it's hard to describe the smell. But this is classic rum with vanilla right here. Like absolutely, yeah. You can tell that you it's can been smell aged. the sugar cane just mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can tell that it's been aged because of the vanilla, and you've got the sugar cane uh, sort of underlying that, which is that's almost kind of a rum. raw cane on the nose. It's really really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then All right, what are you drinking? feeling, Adam? I'm picking up something a little bit fruity. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's a like a stone fruit uh, thing going on right there, like right next to the pit on an apricot or a yeah. But I'm totally getting the vanilla. Mm-hmm. I mean, not overpowering, Mm-mm. just a little fruity vanilla, a little bit of that. Um, I would say maple, but I think I mean it's it's from the aging. That uh, that you get these flavors. These are the flavors that I really enjoy in rum. Uh, it's the vanilla and that sort of uh, thick maple to it, uh, vibe, you know. Right. So I, I'm assuming it says American white oak barrels. I'm assuming this is not a used barrel. This is a fresh uh, barrel. So it it would certainly seem like it because I'm not it picking tastes up like a lot of oak. I'm not picking up a lot of yeah. bourbony vibe, so I don't think it was like a used. No, bourbon the vanilla is not a bourbony vanilla like you right. get from uh, from a charred oak mm-hmm. uh, barrel. This is this is a very kind of different. It almost has a champagne kind of fruitiness to well, it. I was going to say that's to the to the fruitiness that uh, that he was talking about that that gives it that. You're right. It is yeah. almost a champagne like not, not like fruit. a sweet fruit, but right. like papaya maybe mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Guava, mango maybe. Yeah, something in that in that family. Yeah, uh, I really really like this. It also has a very uh, minerally water kind of thing going on. Yes, it does. It's, uh, on the finish and then in the aftertaste. Uh, yeah, the, between the mineral water and the oakness uh, on the aftertaste, it has a a bitterness to it that I'm really enjoying that kind of mm-hmm. finishes the flavor in a very nice but way. But that minerality, yeah. that minerality is kind of like a, a scotch, even though the flavor profile is very different. Yeah, nothing like a scotch. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but the minerality saying, is yeah. kind of like a Like a, you taste the scotch. water that it's made from, right. and this has, this has very minerally kind of interesting water. Mm-hmm. Mm. I really dig this. Yeah, it, it doesn't burn going down, but you can feel the heat after. Yeah. Right, it has what we would call the rum hug. The rum hug comes up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. comes up and uh, and gives you a little uh, greeting. You know, it's 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 funny because it sticks to the glass. It's pretty oily, but it has a thinner mouthfeel than I would expect mm-hmm. uh, when like after looking at this. Um, it doesn't it's come not... off boozy like you were saying, but right. but it has it, it certainly still has some heat and 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 some. As you were saying, in a thinner mouthfeel may contribute to it not feeling so boozy. Maybe, yeah. But it is oily. Like, you'd, you'd expect, like, when you see that mm-hmm. much, like, uh, wine people would call it legs on the glass, but you get that oiliness. And I bet a little touch of water in this would open up some brand new flavors that uh, we wouldn't even expect. Oh, you're probably right about that. Yep. Probably yeah. right about that. So, what is this? Is this 40? 
40%. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. And about a $46 bottle. Uh, I, Yeah, I think that's that's worth it. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's really good. I might put just a single cube of ice. Uh, yeah. I, I, when you said water, I thought, I wonder yeah, what. just a touch to what, open it up. Just to chill it, just, a, just yep. a fraction and just that little bit of water that comes off the ice. But that's and that's it's not the, it's not because I don't like what's going on here. It's because I think that that would actually right. add to the experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not changing what I'm already Agreed. having, but add to it. Agreed. Well, I'm digging it killer bad, as my friend Pat would say. Um, it's a. Uh, I broke mine. It's um completely mm-hmm. empty. Yeah, it has evaporative qualities. It I definitely does. wouldn't mix it with anything. <laughs> no, you would not want to use this one uh, for your uh, pina coladas. Or no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, Dr. Pepper and Kraken is actually quite good. Yeah. You don't but want to put Dr. Pepper not in this. No. I, first off, I don't think the flavors would match. I think the oakiness in this yeah. would taste might, awful. Might clash with the Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Or even even like any uh, like classic rum soda drink. You know, I think it would pretty much taste pretty bad, but. Yeah, but this is not one you buy from really nice. I don't think so. it would be bad. I just think you'd lose all the good. Yeah. And that's one of the things. When we talk about, like, why would you mix this level or why right, wouldn't right. you? I mean, you can mix anything you want. But the thing is, when you start mixing uh, at a certain level, you have the diminished returns. In other words, um, you're just not going to taste how good your whiskey is or your rum or whatever right. For sure. you're mixing. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that's a rum and Coke, but I mean, you should have tasted the rum before. Yeah, Coke. Coca-Cola is a very strong flavor. And if you're drinking rum and Coke, you can get away with a lot of rums, you know, mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm. can even make a better one. You can say, okay, I want Mount Gay rum, and that'll help. Mm-hmm. But when you get into something like this, you know, this is just, you know, another level of rum. Ron Immortal. Ron Immortal. Very cool. Very excellent Cool bottle, stuff. too. The bottle's yeah. got these beautiful wings. It's got a sort of a regal it. look to it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm digging. Kind of embossed into the glass there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we still have to do on this program, uh, we still have drinking news, and we still have another uh, vertical, the Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island. Also, uh, during the break, the mountains are no longer blue. And that beer what is, no is longer, about to happen. Yeah, the beer is no longer tolerable. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. Come on, let me love you a little and love me up. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to show number 299. And I just have to mention that during the break, I I finished my little cup of that rum. And I just like it even better now. It's, it's just, good rum. It's really, really good. Also, during the break, the, uh, the, the mountains are no longer blue on the Scores Light. <laughs> and I poured it into a cup. Yeah. And it smells bad. It smells even more like well, you the know, beer on the carpet that uh, we so were I'm talking about. So I want to point out, like, Coors Light's a particular mm. thing. Because, like, Bud Light, I don't think smells very good when it's mm. warm. Budweiser, I think, is just smells like beer when it's warm. Mm-hmm. But some of these beers really have a funk, man. And this yeah. one, oh, like I just I just poured it in there, and it's like, it's like, man, this milk is bad. Smell this. It's right. really like that kind of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm making you do it, Does buddy. Does this look infected oh, to you? Yeah. It's one of those type of <laughs> right. things, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, well, <laughs> that's pretty bad. <laughs> with, with that as our backdrop, what better time than now? 
to break into what we like to call drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. By the way, last week uh, at the end of the show, we uh, did a special videotaping of uh, our master distiller from Limavati taking a sip of his whiskey. He was great. And and saying with his wonderful Irish accent, I had to take my gator to the vet. And that will be making an appearance on future episodes <laughs> of Drinking News. Well, welcome to Drinking News, where we always tell you that these are stories that may or may not be about drinking, but that are always best enjoyed when you've been drinking. That said, We've noticed a distinct lack of stories about drinking over the past few weeks, over the last several shows. And today we'd like to establish a little bit of balance. We need more stories about the questionable decisions that people sometimes make when they're enjoying an adult beverage or two, or many. So please allow us to present a brand new and sure to be repeated drinking news episode feature we can only call Drinking Escapades. They're kind of like the ice capades, except somebody in the story was probably hammered. So, For drinking escapades, we've scoured Reddit, BuzzFeed, Twitter, Facebook, and my own personal diary <laughs> to bring you first-person accounts my own life. that you may find to be uncomfortably familiar. Uh, <clears throat> a poster identified as Chris Libs said online, I was kicked out of a burrito place for spilling drinks all over the table and trying to wipe up the mess with other people's tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes on to say, my friend told me that I tried to eat them afterwards, too. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's when you know you've had maybe that's pretty one, good. That's one, pretty good. Too many. Kelly D said, I woke up after a night of partying to find my phone missing. So I went to the front desk of my dorm to ask if anyone had turned it in. They responded, are you Kelly? And handed me my phone with a sticky note on top with my name written on it in my own handwriting. Apparently, I had given the front desk my phone to keep me from drunk texting anyone. <laughs> That's good, right? That's good. Uh, so then there's Kim W., who shares this drunken episode. My boyfriend was the manager at a cool cocktail spot, and we were there on New Year's Eve. I'd had five drinks when I started chatting with two new bar friends, and for some reason, I went into graphic detail about how talented my boyfriend is at anal sex. <laughs> Turned out, my two new bar friends were the head chef and general manager of the restaurant, to whom my boyfriend, and now my husband, became legend. <laughs> that's uh that's kim w and of course there's there's shen say uh who posts the following what's cooking twitter i bought non-refundable plane tickets while drunk so now i'm in tokyo for no reason with no money and no hotel <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's that sounds really like good. something i would do yeah that's really, really good uh, but the opposite can also be true 
as evidenced by this post from Samantha C. My ex was a groomsman at my friend's wedding, and I started drinking pretty early on in order to not be flustered by him being there. Well, at some point, we all started talking about orgasms, and apparently, I pointed directly at my ex and yelled, Well, you won't get one from that guy. <laughs> You're liking the drinking escapades, aren't you? This is awesome. You? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Sydney, MDC. I came home plastered one night and decided to make spaghetti. It wasn't until the next morning that I realized I'd strained the pasta with my pet's dirty pooper scooper, which I thought was a colander. <laughs> That's rough. That's oh. rough. And finally, oh. Justin B. shares this wonderful story. And by the way, I have no idea if it's Justin Bieber or if it's just coincidentally Justin B. Justin, B. But, Justin uh, Brown. Yeah, Justin B. Yeah. Could be Justin Barker Lounger. I don't know. Barker Justin says, once... <laughs> I was drunk and walked to my friend's apartment to crash there. The door was unlocked, so I went inside, but no one was home. I noticed the apartment looked different, but I thought maybe they'd redecorate it. So I decided to just get in her bed and go to sleep. But I drank so much that I ended up throwing up all over the room. After cleaning myself up and borrowing some clothes from her closet, I finally went to sleep. But when I left the next morning, I found out that my friend had been wondering where I was all night. Apparently, the apartment I slept in was not hers. Oh, my god! Turns out I threw up in a random stranger's room, <laughs> borrowed a random stranger's clothes, and fell asleep in a random stranger's bed. <laughs> Reporting live from a strange apartment where I'm looking damn good in a frilly shirt and a pair of hot pants. My name is Cruz, and that is your first special episode of Drinking Escapades that has been your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. All right, so so that that last oh, actually, story. Passing them over to. Oh. Sorry, we need a rating system for those. By the way, I think a one through five. Yeah, yeah. Rating system, uh, but so we'll talk about that later. Those are the same. Some drinking newses are better than others. Yeah. So um, so here's here's what I'm thinking. Um, that last story reminds me so much. Every uh, hundred meetings. With our club, we do an event. Right. And it's just for the club. Usually it's a destination. And one year we went to um, went to uh, Galveston. Mm -hmm. And then we had a, a beach house in, um, what's it called next to Galveston, the peninsula there? Crystal Beach. Uh, Crystal Beach Crystal area, Beach, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, so we had a beach house in Crystal Beach. And one of our members, Bo, who will be his name today... <laughs> Um, one of our members uh, got a little bit over the top, mm -hmm. and when we headed back to the beach house, he went to the wrong beach house, mm. and he was very mad because apparently we played this very elaborate ploy where not only did all of the CCSD members move to a different beach house, and not tell but him. the ones that were there refused to answer the door. <laughs> Until we found him sleeping on the porch of another house. <laughs> Isn't that like the Robert Downey Jr. story? Wasn't that when he decided he needed to get sober when like people were waking him up 
in like strangers' houses that he's crawled into oh. on his way home from you know from, like a Hollywood someplace. I think I think that's actually true. I mean, what do you do when you come home and you find a Robert Downey Jr. Right, right exactly. That's like that's well, like you offer him breakfast. Oh yeah. yeah, you want breakfast? Yeah. You know, what are we doing? Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. If you enjoyed sleeping in the bed last night, you're going to stay for breakfast. So. Yeah, come on now. All right, so we are now looking at a vertical. Of uh, Goose Island, we're staring this Bourbon vertical County, right down the Bourbon County, the hairy eyeball of its brand stout. Of so, its bomber. So Goose Island, uh, really a famous brewery in yes. uh, in the Chicago area. These guys were among the first to experiment with uh, with bourbon barrel aging. Yep, and to do the if I remember correctly, that, uh, the the head the brewmeister was the. The owner's son, and I'm blanking it. on his I name. Was it Brandon? Yeah. I can't. Uh-huh. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But he was hanging out apparently with uh, one of the guys from Jack Daniels, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And this was an idea he had, and that's how it all came about. As an idea, like, what if we aged a stout? Now Goose Island, yeah, the Goose Island eventually wound up being sold to Anheuser Busch, which is what that whole book that we mentioned earlier in the show is about. Is about right. that process. <laughs> Mistakes and, were and made on both and, sides, yeah. but man. That will let you know uh, what some of the uh, macro brews do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. One but, of the interesting things is, though, that Anheuser-Busch, while they have done some things that have legitimately decreased the quality of things like Goose Island IPA and oh, yeah. some of the other things, they seem to have left this particular part of the project alone. Man, when you and have the brewers when to you have a billion dollar corporation right. that will leave this thing alone, you have something going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What no year was that? Oh, it, it was plan. about ten years ago, wasn't it? No, it was mid nineties, wasn't it? Maybe 90s. it was. Maybe it was, it was the first real sale. It was the first one sold. So if if I am correct, it's like ninety seven ish, ninety eight. Maybe so. Because if, when the, if when only there was a device, sell. yeah, right. We could ask. Right. No, my point is this is this is probably the most acclaimed Anheuser Busch beer out there. Oh, well, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So what is. order do we have these in? Now? Okay, we're going opposite this time. We're going from the oldest. To the newest. Okay, oldest okay. is on so my. Uh, on the right is the oldest. Uh, to the right is the oldest. That's the fifteen. Oh, okay. then we go to 16, 17, so 15, 18. 16, So we're 17, gonna go oldest 18. to newest, and we've had, um, we've had some of the newest iterations actually right. recently. We've, we've had, had the nineteen, I the, think, uh, and the and maybe the twenty. You brought it. As a matter of fact, you did brought in. Uh, uh-huh. You did brought in. Uh, words are hard. English difficult. Um, you did bring in uh, a, a one that had been aged a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we've also had one of the recent ones on the show too. I think, um, and so it'd be interesting to see what our memory serves us on this one. So we're going from oldest to newest. This is a so starting at 16? 16, 15. 15. 15. All right, well, we're going back. There is a tiny trace of the soy sauce vibe, but it's not yeah. enough to interfere. With the overall, yeah, it, taste it, it's, of the beer. it's one of those things I almost would have not noticed if you didn't mention it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I smell raisiny raisin with raisins, and on that those. I think is where the whole soy sauce thing comes from. It's that sort of dark sweetness of the raisins yeah. that gives you that hint of soy. There is that little hint of soy, especially on the aftertaste right there. It's actually, but this is still drinkable, it's though. actually yeah. very drinkable, absolutely, yeah. pretty good. It's interesting because I've had beers that have gone. We've had, I can't remember what we had on the show uh, last year. We had something that had just 
Oh yeah, it turned way south. It, it completely but turned. Like that, I'm getting more soy on the nose than on the on agree, the tongue. Agree. It reminds me of that, that, no, this, that this beer is, we had that had turned reminds me of that Far Side cartoon uh, you know, when mayonnaise goes bad. Oh, yeah. And you open up <laughs> the, the guy opens up the refrigerator and the mayonnaise has a knife with a, a gun. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this has gone, uh, I think what it's done is it's gone barley wine. It kind of has. With coffee. Yeah, it kind of has. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's gone coffee of, barley wine. So this may be your favorite one. This is actually, it's it's kind of good it's sticky as all can be it is it is almost like a a sticky bun sticky you know right i mean it is yeah you could glaze donuts with this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the coffee is is very intact though but it's not not bitter coffee just no no but the oak is astringent too that does leave your mouth dry for sure and then there's definitely like what are these coming in at uh abv they're um 15.2%, 15.2%, just a paltry 15.2%. boozy, yeah, absolutely. So right. and the, this is pretty boozy, right? All right, I dig the 15. I'm a fan. Now I'm going to move to the 16. Okay. The nose is creamier. I, mm-hmm. I'm not getting nearly as much nose, and, and you're right, right it, is, it is creamier. Um, oh, oh. Oh, this is the right age. This is really good. This yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a little bit boozy, but it's got a creaminess to it, almost like almost like it has milk in it. Right, it's that creamy. No, this this, this gave me the the flash of you playing goodbye horses and rubbing your nipples. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again. Again, I mean what? <laughs> I mean, what? No, that never happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Would you drink Bourbon County with me? I'd drink Bourbon County with me. <laughs> drink the Bourbon County. <laughs> it puts mm. it puts the beer in its mouth. It does this whenever it's told. That, that, that is really good. This got guys. dark. Um, yes, no, this is <laughs> darker than the beer, in fact. Which is pretty. Dark. This is this is fantastic though. This one, like the other one, uh, it's drinkable. This one is really, really good. Yeah, soy soy's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no soy uh, vibe at all to this one. Creamy. And so not, and this is not a, bitter coffee, but this coffee. is the sixteen. So sixteen. Apparently, yeah. you get six years. Well, it's interesting because when we did the KBS, the sixteen was not our favorite one. Right. Right. This one so far at least. So far, yeah, between between fifteen and sixteen, this is definitely it's it's better. I'm going to seventeen. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> when it was seventeen. This feels like it feels almost like a, a, a what do they call that? A, a luxury of excess or whatever, <laughs> whatever whatever this is. Just to be able to go, all right, that was good, but I'm gonna go to the seventeen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. <laughs> what is the term you're looking for? I know what you're talking mm. about. An embarrassment, embarrassment of, riches. of riches. That's what <laughs> you're talking about. Okay, the 17 is spectacular. It is. I, I think I like really, 16 better. Really? I like the. I I still like the 16 better. There's just a shift in the flavor. This I is more. This is more coffee, and actually more oaky too. And the nose has a little more booze, and so, a little boozy. So, question. Okay. If, if you were taking these a year apart, right? Would you feel like they tasted exactly like what you remember of the previous year from a year ago? So these, first off, this is way oakier than I remember a fresh one being. 
every one of these so far it has way more of that mm-hmm. oak uh astringency, astringency yeah. kind of on the tail end um the second thing is they're a little more raisiny because I, I remember a fresh one being a little mm-hmm. more coffee forward right. uh big time it's going to have a little more coffee and then and then rich dark chocolate behind it and then the bourbon flavors and then oakiness and then like a little vanilla kind of kick on the end uh, also, there's a little uh, hot bitterness that happens, too, and I, we're not getting any of that that I remember in this. Now, it would be fun to have if we had one here in the studio, but since we don't, we're going to have to go to the 18. 18. Oh, you haven't gone to the 18 yet. <laughs> and the 18's good. Mm-hmm. Um. It's interesting what happens with the flavors. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the 18 better than I like the 17. And I like the 16 better than I like the 17. Not sure if I like the 18 better than the 16. I'm not I'm entirely sure. 18's a little sweeter. 18's sweeter. It's also got a, like, the mouthfeel gets bigger as you come up the I age. Agree. But I'm, the mouthfeel thins out as it gets older. I'm going to say the 18th is the best. The 16th is the second best, followed by the... 17 and the 15. It's interesting because the the age on it, like... Yeah, I got to compare 18 to 16 here. That's, no, that's I'm 16. Fun to do. 16 all the way. 16 has that dark chocolate rich thing going on that... Yeah. I'm still saying 16 is good by horses. Mm. Yeah, six, I'm, I'm 16. You're um, 16, you're beautiful I, and here's in the your thing. mind. Uh, none of these are bad. They're no. all very good and drinkable. And if if you took one of these bottles individually and said, "Hey, I got this to share," mm-hmm. everyone would be very happy. So, yeah. question: Do these go up in value as they age? I, I know it may I've be never hard tried to, to sell buy them. them. I don't know. Yeah, I know it may be hard to buy them from previous. Some years. beers do. I mean, if you yeah. still have a, a Sink the Bismarck or a, a Tactical Nuclear Penguin, it's going to be worth a ridiculous amount at this point in time yeah mm-hmm. i actually do have a tactical nuclear penguin i almost brought oh uh, you said you, you uh, were there at my uh uh was it my birthday or my uh no it was my um pastor party where we drank two of those yeah yeah expensive <laughs> well <laughs> how to blow money in a very yeah. quick amount of time <laughs> exactly um well these are but, these are all terrific though you're right there's yeah. not a one of these that yeah. isn't awesome bourbon county age as well yeah. It really does. Really I does. mean, we've and got it back. We've got it back uh, seven years, and it's still very drinkable. And I'm going to say that even compared to the KBS, which is a, a, an awesome, awesome beer, I think this age is better. Yeah, agreed. And and maybe better than any of the, um, you know, oak barrel aged uh, mm-hmm. beers that I've had. You got to go back seven years before you even get a hint of soy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And, and didn't we try? Didn't I bring in something that was like 2019 and it was yeah, already soy? It was, you it know? was, it was it only was, like three, four years old. I can't remember what that was, but uh, yeah, I remember us going, ooh, <laughs> that's way past the right, scram. Right. Exactly. So it happens. But this is good. Yeah. I still, I still stand by it. I think my, I think the 16 is like, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you because like, where they're 18 and 16 are like neck and neck, I think it just needs to mellow just a little the bit. The booze is mellowed out a little bit by the 16. Yeah. Um, I think the boozy flavor has mellowed out a little by the 16. And and maybe the, the, the dark chocolate and the coffee has mellowed out a little bit. Right. I think that's it with the 18. It's too much coffee in comparison to the 16. Right. And then the, the 17... 
that I just spilled all over the place. See? That's why we have We've napkins. All done these. That was amazing. Did you see me? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see what happened there, but that's well, good. Seventeen was a loser out of you, the batch. I hope anyway, you got so. that on the camera. Uh, uh, but the seventeen, um, I think, uh, I think the coffee is a little bitter on it. Yeah. Overall. So, and you know that thing that they used to do like on radio shows like the morning show where uh they'd have the uh like a dps officer come in and then the, the uh the dj would yes. uh, would drink for the whole show and they'd give him breathalyzers to show uh you know how what his blood alcohol level was and then oh, please tell me you have a breathalyzer here you'd listen to uh him you know start slurring words and whatever i'm just thinking Though they could have done that instead of having to go like a whole four hour show, they could have done that in like forty five minutes if they'd gone with this bourbon kind of shit. This is very, very boozy stuff. Right. The, uh, I'm not even sure what I'm saying. Did you ever watch point. the? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually blacked out at the moment. I don't remember what I'm going to say, so I'm sorry for today. Um, no, do you remember uh, MythBusters had one where they were like, they were trying to bust all the myths, like if you can beat a breathalyzer. Right. And uh and they sat there and got hammered. And then they and then did couldn't. all the like eat a bunch of Altoids and right. mouthwash and all. As a matter of fact, mouthwash made it spike because that stuff has so yeah, much alcohol. Got alcohol in it. Yeah. It was like, yeah, and there's, there's apparently no way to beat it if you're drunk. Right. No, that actually brings up something a, a sheriff buddy of mine told me. I'm not going to name any names, but if you burp into the breathalyzer, it'll spike the alcohol level so high that you can contest in court. Like, I would be dead if my <laughs> alcohol was that high. There's obviously an it's, error It's an there. interesting game to play, right? Because you know you're going downtown. but uh, You're going to go downtown either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but you can say, really? My alcohol level was like 6%? Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, Name I'm one person who's had 6% blood alcohol and lived. Well, you know, uh, Uber makes things so easy. Tom Arnold. Yeah. Uh, and Lyft. Definitely always get a Lyft. Yeah. You know, it's so, not I'm, worth a, it. I'm a Lyft guy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the, the couple times I've tried Lyft, like my last experience with Lyft was going to your house, actually. And I was like, oh, you can just drop us off right here. Or no, wait, wait, you're, you've passed it. No, no, drop. Can you just stop the car? <laughs> he stopped an entire block further. He's like, oh, I had to wait to the light. Well, you had to stop at a light? That's, that's dry rare. Obviously, that's, that, that's not Lyft. Very Lyft high. is a solid very company. Yeah. No, this guy was very obviously very high. I was like, come on, yeah. guy. Lyft is uh, Rakuten. Lyft is yeah. a Rakuten company. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I even said but, that. But, I mean, here's I, the I, deal. I'm going like, to blame the bourbon county stuff. Right. I, I, being a guy who has occasionally taken cabs, um, and I don't know if they've changed this, but man, have you ever called a cab and then you know it's going to be forty-five minutes? Oh yeah. The like, how do you do that at the end of the night when you're at a bar? Yeah, the cab is the cab companies are like totally on notice because right. of Uber and Lyft. Like they've all had right. to step up their game. Oh, so, it's like, cool. With Lyft, you can reserve a ride. You can mm -hmm. schedule a ride ahead of time. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't even know. So you can so be like, I'm like, going to be leaving at if this you're time. Like, yeah, if you're like yeah. going to the airport at five a.m. Or something the next morning. And you can set that. The all drivers up in will advance. pick it up and schedule. And say, hey, you're confirmed. Yeah. So you're, you're leaving know. a bar. You say, hey, you guys pick me up at sold me Lyft right yeah, now. Lyft time. is Lyft is cool. 
They're just pretty cool. Yeah. Don't drive not drunk. Not as cool Take as a this. lift. Yeah, man. I mean, like, well, so, like, yeah, that's that was the whole point of this is, you know, if, if you're out and about getting good and drunk, man, I mean, it's so easy to take a lift. Like, stop with yeah. the excuses. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and we've all, we've all go, done that. You can I mean, go back and You're get either going to go to jail day. or crash your car. Maybe you get lucky. Right. Uh, right. It's not worth it. Take it's a not, lift. It's not worth the spin of that wheel. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, lift is awesome. And so is this 2016. See, that, that was our PSA. I'm drinking right the rest there. of my 2019. We are all about responsible drinking. Right. And I've been responsible for a lot of drinking. <laughs> so, that's, just, that's just what I have to say. Uh, Adam, thank you uh, for coming on the program. And thank you for bringing uh, these wonderful beers from your collection. This right. is great stuff. It's always a pleasure. Um, it is uh, It is always good to have you here. Um, and, and so, uh, Ian, is CCSD something that people can look into and figure out if they might want to join or is it more like a secret society like you have to be invited the answer is yes yes okay <laughs> so uh but here's here's the best part is uh if you're in the houston area uh coming up on november 5th is it yes. november 5th we're gonna have our november fest is that like a membership drive <laughs> it could a, be yeah it's a it's a fundraiser for the club okay cool now, when I say fundraiser for the club, I want you to realize that we're raising funds for the club. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> so right. it's not like we pocket the stuff. It pays our rent and it right. helps us throw more parties. Yeah. Right. So we are well, we are actually trying to make life better for everyone who comes to our parties. But uh see, I was sold when you told me about 80s night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That 80s night was where everybody shows up with two 40 ounces. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Everybody shows up with two 40 ounces. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's 80s night. And uh, if we have a pledge, we tape them to their hands and they have uh -huh. to finish them. Yeah. Finish Ed them. Yeah. Edward 40 hands. Come on. We all love, love the game. So, love um, so, but we have, a, we have a, an event coming up. We do this every year. It's called November Beer Fest. And we all brew a bunch of, uh, Bunch of beers. Uh, we have some right? fan right. Yes. We got some fantastic brewers in the club. So this is not like, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if you were like me when when you were just like nineteen or twenty, and you were going to date a girl, and she her dad had like some homebrew that was god awful. Right. Some that's, of our members work at stress. reputable brewers. Like we do mm -hmm. have, yes, yeah, Brash, Eureka Heights. Yes, okay, we have yeah. some members yeah. that uh, sure St. Arnold's. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, so the brews are fantastic, and uh, and you're basically gonna you know donate at the front door to the to the club, and then you get to come in and you get music. There's gonna be some great bands there this year. Cool. Um, yeah, once if you talk in, for a minute, I'll pull up a bunch of uh, the bands that are coming yeah. out. Yeah, once you're in, it, it's <clears throat> all all the food you can eat, all the beer you can drink. And so you don't have to be a member to come to no, this. No, no, no. You yeah. just pay your entry fee, and all the food and beers free. And the entry fee is probably what. Uh, uh, like what is it? Twenty five dollars per couple. Uh, wait, wait. It's thirty. Is it thirty per single? 30, and fifty for a couple. Yeah, I think that's what it it's is. Still, yeah, that's pretty good. But here's the deal. I mean, and look if you're at standing your, in the line next to some guy, just say, "Hold my hand," and we'll we'll charge you a fifty. Yeah, for and here's the yeah. deal. Like, if you've ever ever dated in the last ten years. Then you know that going out on a date is going to cost you more than fifty bucks. Oh yeah, dude. So fifty bucks to get in with with all the drink and food that you can have <clears> plus <throat> bands, and you don't have to buy oh, anything. Oh, we else. got some big name bands too. Yeah, who's on the list? So uh, on the list we've got uh, Ghost. Say, we've got Ghost Town Outlaw. Whoa, 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 whoa. Number one, Houston Legend. Going backwards. Oh, okay. Wait for it. All right. It's anticipation. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit because we Ancient have a big band. We have a huge band there. 
<laughs> it's anticipation. Dude, you have the Beatles on your show? <laughs> Ghost Town Outlaw, Hard Luck Revival, which is a lot of fun, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Maltov Compromise. That's actually one of our members' uh, groups, and they are uh, uh, as big dumb rock great, as you're going to get. It's fantastic. Great band name. I love it. Uh, Holy Hell will be playing. And my favorite, they've been around since the 70s, playing in the Houston area. You've my- seen the, the lead singer... On his Vespa driving through the Montrose with who, a big-ass mohawk. Who sued the city of Houston for fire him because of his mohawk, and he won. Mm. We were talking my, about the My good the buddy, hates. Christian. Mm-hmm. The Hates. The Hates. Wow. The Hates so are headlining. It's a pretty big lineup. Yeah. yeah it's it's going to be pretty good. Pretty big lineup. So I didn't so, know the yeah. Hates are even still together. Um, oh, yeah. They're still, they're still playing. Yeah. Cool. And they're excited. They're still playing around. They're excited about November Fest. November so November Fest. Fest yeah, uh, November we're going to start it off. We're going to kick it off about, Fest. I think, uh, 1 o'clock is our kickoff time. Right. Since we have five bands. And then till whenever. Till, yes, till we're out of beer and then until the bands are tired of playing. And then, you know, I don't know if I've said this on the at show At the Caddy before. Corner. At the Caddy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Location's a good thing. Caddy Corner Race House. Corner of uh, nice. Alba and West Westfield. Right. A so, very very good location. We yeah, love we love the Caddy six, Corner, just north of six ten uh, in the Heights area, just north of six ten. Uh, it's for Caddy Corner Ice House. You'll find it. Uh, they just built brand new bathrooms and everything, so you won't be yeah. stuck with Port John. If you're coming up Shepherd, take a left on Thirty Eighth, and you'll get there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like we we take over the entire patio. We basically take over the entire place. We take over the entire patio, and we make a lot of noise, and we have a blast. It sounds like every it sounds year. like great fun. It really. So does. Glad you uh, pulled that up. Well, gentlemen, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, but after these very high ABV beers and the incredible rum, I just want you to know, I love you guys. Love you too, man. (laughs) And that wraps up our 299th edition of Smoking and Toasting. Wait, I have more of the... They haven't stopped us yet. Hey, does that include the lost episode? Yes, that yeah, last okay. episode is included in the count, even okay. though it never saw the light of day. <laughs> One day we will recover that lost episode. That was, yes, we need to like, and then we'll be very disappointed. And we'll listen how to the, it is. We'll <laughs> listen to the vitriol and bile that you're spilling the entire time. Have a wonderful week. I'm not spilling any vitriol this time. Yeah. I love everybody. <laughs> Have a great week, my friends. We'll see you next week for number 300. Love and peace. It's alright when it's okay